Welcome to the Australian Hiker Podcast, Australia's longest-running hiking podcast, downloaded over three-quarters of a million times in over 150 countries and providing you with an Australian perspective on all things hiking. We're your hosts, Tim Adil Savage, coming to you from Pulua country in Tasmania. In today's episode, episode 240, we bring you the first of two episodes of on-trail recordings and interviews from our recent Tasmanian-based South Coast track trip. We hope you enjoy. Before we get into today's episode, if you'd like to help support Australian Hiker and this podcast, there are a couple of ways that you can help us out. Firstly, by subscribing on your podcast host of choice so that each episode is available as soon as it's published. And if you have the opportunity, leave us a five-star review. Another way to support us is go to the Australian Hiker website at www.australianhiker.com.au and click on the supporters page and buy us a coffee. You can do a one-off donation or become a monthly supporter. All donations are greatly appreciated and help us to continue producing this podcast and blog. Now let's get on to today's episode. In this episode, we bring you the first half of my recent trip on the Tasmanian South Coast track. This includes my travel day from Canberra through to Hobart, and then the first three days on trail, which did change slightly. So if you've listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I plan to do this walk over five days, and overall, I ended up doing seven days of walking. So if you listen to this episode and next episode, you'll understand why there were some changes in that scheduling. It's 6.08 on Thursday, the 8th of December, and I'm just here in Hobart. I've just had my dinner. I have flew down this morning from Canberra through to Hobart, and it's a day earlier than my flight to Melaleuca tomorrow. Potentially, I could have actually caught a flight tomorrow, landed roughly around about 12, 12.30, and then had a, a 45-minute stopover before I needed to check into the flight to Melaleuca. But given what's been going on in the uh, aviation industry in Australia at the moment, I wasn't game to rely on the flight not being cancelled or there being an issue and missing my flight down to Melaleuca. So I thought it was safer to turn up uh, the day before. And in all honesty, it's been pretty good. So I'm staying with relatives here at the moment in Hobart. And I just had my dinner. And I'm just uh, sitting here uh, looking out over the uh, the harbour. Uh, some Just some spectacular views. So far, so good for tomorrow. I got a reminder to say my flight to Melaleuca was on and I needed to check in by a certain time. Uh, and I think check-in time was by one, or around about one uh, fifteen or one forty-five uh, for the flight at two fifteen, and that gets me into Melaleuca at a roughly around about three fifteen, three thirty. I'm going to have a look and see what the options and alternatives are. You know, it's as I said, it's 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 past six o'clock. Uh, it's really light, and and given that we're in the southern part of Australia, and we've still got another couple of hundred kilometres to go, 120 kilometres to go to Melaleuca, the days are going to be longer and there's going to be a lot of light. So potentially I could actually walk 10 kilometres tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, that's probably two, two and a half hours. And that's quite reasonable given that it would get me into a campsite if there is one in that sort of distance. And that's what I've got to check tonight. So I'll see how I go. 
Uh, flight down was pretty good. Uh, we were supposed to arrive at 12.15. We ended up arriving probably about 40 minutes late. Apparently, we had 100-kilometer-hour winds all the way down, so that certainly slowed us down. But we, uh, we, there wasn't a lot of turbulence, so it was a pretty smooth sort of flight. Tonight, my task is to go through and pull my bags apart. I'll be leaving my travelling clothes and my airline bag here at the relative's house. Uh, and I'll get my pack all sorted out. The only thing I won't be doing is filling up my water bladder. Uh, not particularly, it doesn't particularly work very well when you've got an unpressurized plane uh, with a water bladder. They tend to leak a bit. So I'll fill up my water down at Melaleuca tomorrow, as well as picking up my gas cylinder tomorrow at Melaleuca as well. Feeling reasonably comfortable and confident at the moment. Weather's actually quite nice, although when I did arrive in Hobart today, it was drizzling and it was quite cold. And looking at the forecast over the next five to six days, um, I am expecting rain probably all but one day. Uh, at least that's the forecast at the moment. And the nighttime temperatures are reasonably cool. Daytime temperatures, I think the hottest temperature that's forecast is 22. So reasonably pleasant temperature-wise. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay, I'll just go and do my... Uh, final pack and get sorted out uh, and in for a good night's sleep It's 8.37 on Friday the 9th of December I'm still here at my relative's house here in Hobart City um, and I'm just waiting to uh, for a reasonable hour till just after nine o'clock and I just want to double check with the uh, the transport company that picks you up at Cockle Creek about uh, a couple of logistical issues uh, but pretty much waiting around today until I uh, get my flight down to Melaleuca. Uh, I want to be at the uh, the airport or the aerodrome at around about one o'clock so that gives me a few hours to to kill. One thing that I hadn't really thought about, or I had thought about, but not in any, any serious way, was we are very south in relation to latitude. We're within two weeks of the summer solstice, and the days are long. And I was aware of this, but didn't really think much about it. And getting here last night and staying in Hobart last night, it was fairly light at 9 o'clock and really only started to get uh, lose light between sort of 9 to 9.30. I am one of these people that just can't, I just, it drives me insane just hanging around. And as much as I like talking to other hikers, I don't feel like landing in at uh, Melaleuca today and sending, spending five or six hours until it gets dark, until I can go to bed. I'd rather be walking. Uh, and given that it's a distance of 13.4 kilometres from Melaleuca to the next campsite, I think it's not unrealistic that I can uh, actually head there and do it quite comfortably. 13.4 kilometres, um, you know, even if I take, even if I leave at 4.30, it'll get, them, get me there at 8.30 uh, to Point Eric. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's pl plenty of time. It's not a, a difficult sort of terrain. It's classed as easy to moderate, but I know, you know, it's not going to be a cruisy sort of thing, but it certainly will be easier than some of the, the days we've got coming up. So it's it's the sort of thing that, uh, as I said, barring any 
changes in horrendous weather conditions, uh, I'm likely to start walking this afternoon just to get a bit of a head start, which will take a bit of the, the pressure off over the next few days. So looking forward to it. Uh, the sun came out again fairly early this morning at around about five o'clock. So again, long days. Um, uh, and again, it was the uh, I tend to wake up around about uh, without an alarm. I'm waking up sort of ten to five, uh, and that's inside a house and not in a tent. So I'm expecting to to wake up the similar sorts of timing. And I don't sleep that well on the trail anyway. It's a fairly fitful sort of sleep. So I'm likely to be waking up at, at five o'clock over the next few days, having breakfast and packing and, and heading off. You know, by uh, typically I like to head off by about seven thirty on most days when I'm hiking. Uh, so that potentially gives me twelve-hour days if that's what I want to do, and I don't necessarily want to do that, but it gives me plenty of time to to meet my time frames, providing there's no issues along the way. Okay, I'm just going to go through and kill some time this morning and. Uh, next time I talk to you, it'll be just before I board my flight to Melaleuca. It's 2.30 on Friday the 9th of November, and I'm here at the Par Avion Air Base at Cambridge Airport. I'm just waiting for our plane to uh, turn up uh, before we head off down to Melaleuca. For me, this was probably the biggest worry of the whole trip about whether the flight would get cancelled due to bad weather. And potentially yesterday, if that had been the case, if had been flying, that might have been the case because we had strong winds. So I don't know whether their flights actually went through or not or uh, whether they were delayed. A uh, few people inside ready to head down towards Melaleuca. So again, definitely not going to be alone on the track. Weather has very much changeable. I mean, they talk about Melbourne having four seasons in one day, but that's pretty much what we're getting here. Had a tiny bit of rain very early this morning and it was sunny for most of the morning. Had rain and a bit blowy and now it's sort of back to being the sun's coming out and the, and the clouds shifting us away. So uh, I know I'm not going to get five to six days with a clear, fine weather. It's just not the way it works in Tasmania. Um, gone through and checked in. Uh, bag ended up being lighter than I thought. It ended up being 13 kilos. I've still got to add my gas cylinder and my uh, water which is um, I'll probably end up putting about two litres of water in and now it's starting to rain again and the sun's fully out so this is really good sort of day and good sort of weather so it won't be overly heavy and as I said the plan is to head to the first campsite tonight uh, and it just seems a realistic thing to do given the amount of sunlight and the length of the days we're getting so looking forward to it, uh, had a good lunch with the family and they dropped me off uh, and now we're just waiting for the plane which is in roughly around about half an hour. Talk to you later. It's four o'clock, I'm here at Melaleuca Airfield. Uh, there was a bit of a problem with the planes today, the, um, the winds were apparently quite strong and slowed them down so they ended up doing uh, uh, multiple flights, flights in smaller planes. Uh, so we got here probably about half an hour later than originally planned, but otherwise uh, quite good. Um, it was a good flight, relatively smooth, got a chance to see the track and the coastline on the way through. We did have a couple of small showers on the way through, but now it's actually fairly clear and, well, it's cloudy, but the rain stopped, which is a good thing. 
Got to drive fly over the track on the way in, uh, and there definitely are some flooded sections where we will be getting wet feet. There's just no option on that one. Uh, this is walking across an open, marshy sort of plain, so that was as expected. Um, just have a bit of a loo break here before I go. I need to fill up water. Um, given that I'm working 13.4 kilometres tonight, I'll probably only put about two litres in, maybe a litre and a half, so I can top up my water when I get to camp tonight. Uh, and um, uh, really looking forward to, to starting the walk. Um, it was good seeing the, uh, the coastline from the air and parts of the track we're going to be walking across. So I'll probably, by the time I finish doing some photos around here and filling up water and doing everything else, I'm guessing I'll leave at around about 4.30 this afternoon. Okay, I will catch up with you a bit later on this evening when, as I make my way along the track. It's 6.36 in the evening and it's very, very light. So still got about um, two and a half hours worth of daylight left. Uh, and then it starts getting dark between 9 and 9.30. So far I've covered um, uh, 6.9 kilometres in an hour and 36. And I'm more than halfway. So really another hour and 30 should pretty much do it, depending on how many breaks I take or how many times I stop to do podcasting. But I think realistically I'll just, just do this one. I'm probably at the high point of today, or give or take, or take. I'm skirting around the bottom of the large hills behind me, or small mountains, depending on what you want to actually call them, and just spent the last hour and 36 coming across, going down the valley, coming across the open plains, and my dry socks lasted all of about three minutes. Um, you know, I got, they got wet just after, probably about 50 metres after exiting the runway of the, uh, the airport. Had a few times where I've been uh, walking through water, and the mud's okay. It's um, it's bad in some sections, but nowhere near uh, really bad. Uh, so it's uh, the trail's pretty good. There's small boardwalk sections, areas of crushed rock, uh, and at the moment I'm going over a hilly area, so I'm out of the low uh, bottom of the valleys. So the water's not so bad. Feeling okay so far. Um, you know, seven k's, pretty good. Uh, lovely countryside, weather's pretty good, have a tiny bit of drizzle here and there, but otherwise the sun's really nice. Uh, there's a, a another group that's travelling similar sort, or at least started today with me, and they're a group of, I think, eight, uh, and they're planning on doing the trip in about eight days, uh, although they might take a bit longer than that. So apparently the forecasts for the Iron Rangers um, uh, over the next couple of days is okay, but they were saying they were planning on taking slightly longer to get there, and realistically that meant for them with the weather conditions it was going to be really wet. Uh, and again, going up's not as bad, but coming down was a bit of a problem being slippery, so they said they may speed up their pace to try and get through the walk a bit faster than they'd planned. It's 10.33. I'm here in my campsite at Point Eric and I've been here since roughly uh, 10 to 9 so I got here set up my tent uh, got all my stuff inside um, blew up my inflatable mat got my sleeping bag out and basically got my food all sorted so after cooking food having something to drink I then uh, I decided it was time to come into bed and uh, just do a bit of catch up on 
podcasting and work out what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm really glad that I started today. Uh, I would have been sitting at Melaleuca for five, six hours, uh, not really doing much. You know, I would have I put my sleeping bag out and would have basically had dinner and then just gone to bed really early. So this way I've covered 13.4 kilometres uh, and everything's uh, uh, going well so far. So as I think I mentioned the last uh, post or last recording, uh, my dry socks lasted about three minutes. So within about 50 metres of leaving the runway, so across from the little um, kiosk there where you sign in or sign out, uh, cross the runway and head off. And you know, within about 50 metres of, of, of going across the runway and heading up the roadway on starting my trip, uh, I was basically ankle deep in water and there wasn't much I could do about it. And this, that was the pattern through the afternoon, on and off. I was getting uh, uh, puddles and uh, mud. Mud wasn't too bad. I mean, when I compare it to the Great Ocean Walk, which we, which Jill and I did in uh, a few months ago, in sort of uh, August, September, um, I think the mud was worse. But I must admit, this is only the first day so far, so I could change my mind on this one. Um, the walk itself... Uh, as I said earlier, was um, through along a valley through marshland and then I started going up along the foothills, curving around the mountains uh, and then coming back down into the coastal area and I actually came out onto the beach. And I knew I was coming out onto the beach but it was a real surprise. Uh, it was like uh, coming off boardwalk through some fairly dense shrub and all of a sudden there was the beach. And I could hear it but I just didn't have an indication I was about to walk along the beach. Uh, and I did that for roughly about two and a half to three kilometres. Nice, hard, compact sand. Uh, the, cu- the tide was fairly low. Um, and again, this is one of these sort of things where you do need to check the tide. So if there's been heavy rain for long periods and there's a very high tide, um, you know, it's not going to be deep, but it means, uh, you know, in my case, when I, I had one crossing uh, on the middle of the beach and I got to about ankle depth deep in water, uh, and it was fairly fast moving as well. Um, you know, it might have made a bit of a difference had it have been, you know, 40 or 50 centimetres deeper. Getting into um, uh, Point Eric campsite, um, there are a couple of other campsites. There was one just after the inlet crossing on the beach I could have stayed at. Uh, I think that suited about three-tenths, um, but I'd rather have done the extra couple of kilometres. And as I said, I got in around about 10 to 9 and by the time I got my tent set up, I was cooking in the dark, but I got my tent all up in, the, in daylight. Um, trying out my new Thermarest X-Therm sleeping mat for the first time tonight. Um, fairly easy to blow up with the new, uh, new valve on it, um, the wing lock valve. Uh, so again, we'll see how we go on that one and see how it, how it copes through the night. Um, my old old sleeping mat... Uh, was roughly about eight years old and it was only staying up for about two hours and I'd have to sort of blow it up almost every two hours. So I'm hoping this will last all through the night. Um, You probably can hear the beach in the background. Really this campsite is probably, if I draw a straight line, it's probably only uh, 40 metres from the beach. Um, But it's raised up around about six or seven metres. So, you know, even in horrendously big seas coming in here um, you're still going to be protected
fresh water is roughly um, four or five hundred metres further along the beach and I've got enough to go, to go through and do me tonight and tomorrow morning and then start for the walk and I will need to top up although again there's a couple of options along the way you know almost three and four kilometres in I can pick up water if necessary um, but you know I think what this is one always one of the risks where it wasn't overly hot uh, I was drinking but I probably wasn't drinking enough uh, and I think uh, I've got to have to force myself to drink a bit more. So hopefully tomorrow I'll, I'll do that. Also got Louisa River, which is where I'm staying tomorrow night, which is 17 kilometres away. Uh, um, there's a campsite on either side of the river, and in all honesty, for the sake of 100 metres, I'm going to camp across the river. Um, we had couple of really light showers this afternoon not enough to put uh, rain gear on but uh, something to keep an eye on but I'd rather get across that river um, and the only other water crossings if you like as I said was the, the inlet along the beach and just wet pieces along the pathways. A um, bit of bird life no animal life so far um, and again today was sort of cloudy and it was mild but not really, not really being hot or not cold either so uh, you know it'd be interesting to see once I start walking and I plan to start walking early-ish tomorrow morning uh, definitely by 8 30 at the latest um, if not earlier than that and again given that um, it's light until sort of nine o'clock uh, daylight's not a real issue. One thing I realised that tonight, uh, finishing at 10 to 9, is the latest that I have ever hiked. Uh, and it wasn't daylight though. Uh, but yeah, normally uh, I've been hiking at night time, but that's normally been about 6, 7 o'clock and that's about it. So this part of the world, this time of the year, uh, they are really light for long periods. So um, it's going to be very easy to keep on walking long periods uh, if necessary. So at the moment I'm on track, I need now where I need to be to get, get me ready to pick up the return transport to Hobart on the 14th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, that's all for me. I will go to bed. Good morning. It's seven o'clock on day two on the trail uh, of the South Coast Track in Tasmania. Had a fairly good sleep last night for a number of reasons. One, I'd, by the time I went to actually bed, um, it was 10.40. So it was, uh, uh, wasn't a, my typical long nights where I'm often in bed by sort of 6.37 at the latest and then struggle to try and keep asleep for anything up to sort of 11 hours which I just can't do so new sleeping mat really happy with it only only one day so far but very comfortable stayed inflated the whole night which is always a plus Uh, and uh, uh, was nice and toasty and warm as well you can probably hear the surf I'm actually standing on the beach which is really only uh, 15 18 meters from where the campsite is and had pretty much the sound of the waves the whole night Sea conditions are relatively flat. There's just a slight wave coming through. Uh, tide is not high. It is actually going out, but it is high-ish, uh, which is going to be interesting because I've got to cross around the base of a cliff, which can be a bit of an issue on high tide. So I'll see what happens with that. Point Eric has a toilet facility here. It's just a long drop. 
um, pretty pretty typical. You do need to bring your own toilet paper. Uh, there is none, uh, but that was pretty much expected, particularly in remote areas. Uh, I think a lot of people have the expectation that toilet paper will be in the toilets, but not the case, particularly in remote conditions like all like, like this track. We had a, a slight shower last night, only for a very short period, um, and that was probably just after I went to bed, so that worked well. Uh, and today the conditions are just a light cloud. Uh, there is um, uh, sun. Uh, it's you know it's not not going to be a, a sunny, clear day, but it's actually quite nice. I'll see what happens for the rest of the day. I've, you know, I'm expecting pretty much rain for most most days, so. If, if I don't get it, that's a bonus. This trip, I think, as I mentioned, I'm wearing gaiters, uh, and it's just getting used to having them on. Every time you change shoes, there's a different sort of fit that you've got to try and work with. Uh, I'm wearing with uh, with trail runners. Uh, they work quite well. Uh, kept me, not that I was walking through deep mud yesterday, but they kept me reasonably clean. Uh, I've put on wet runners this morning and relatively wet socks. Uh, given that I'm likely, in fact, even uh, I think I've got 100 metres and I'm crossing a small inlet, not particularly deep, but I'm likely to get wet shoes. And again, that's just going to be a pattern through the day. So even though I've got two pairs of dry socks, uh, I'll see what happens later today if I can dry these ones out a bit more. Okay, I will talk to you later on. Good morning. It's Saturday the 10th. It's time-wise is 9.03. I've been going for an hour and 47 minutes and I've done 5.41 kilometres, which is actually slower than yesterday. And partly that's because I spent 15 minutes uh, just collecting water and topping my water up. Uh, but also the terrain is a bit different. It's a bit harder. It's funny, walking along the beach uh, and there was a, in the guidebook that says you've got to go around a headland at low tide, uh, that's been now been replaced with a track that goes over the top of the hill and connects you back with the beach again. Uh, very overgrown, but that, yeah, so that slows you down as well, but it was good. Another beach walk um, and then another short inlet crossing, uh, only ankle deep, uh, but I did get wet feet, uh, and then back inland again. And heading up a hill today, uh, and this is the, the highest hill I think we've got. It's about 250, 260 metres, and I can see it. And there's this track that just goes bloody straight up a spine. So we're making our way, or may, I'm making our way towards that area now. Um, a lot more boardwalk than I thought there'd be, and this is a, a combination of timber boardwalk and the mesh. Uh, I think they're sort of progressively adding the mesh in where they can. And it was funny, I was thinking, geez, there's not much mud. I was expecting a lot more mud. And then you know, as soon as I thought that, uh, sure enough, there were sections of mud. But not like what I've seen in photos in the years gone past. And again, it's still only early. This is only the second day. But I can see where the trail was uh, and the boardwalks replaced. And it would have been very muddy and wet and boggy if I had to go through the, the natural ground. Uh, weather's good, uh, sort of slightly overcast, uh, sort of a, a light cloud cover. It doesn't look like it's going to rain, but again, you know, who knows? It'll probably change in another few hours. Uh, but it was, it's quite pleasant sort of temperature to walk in. And um, I'm just sitting here on one of the boardwalks, just with my feet off in a, a nice dry patch. Um, and the uh, there's a, the other group that's that I'm sort of travelling with or travelling at the same sort of time with. 
Uh, they've got some younger teenage and early 20-year-old kids, and they just <laughs> rock it along, which is just understandable. So, um, uh, yeah, it's 17 kilometres today, so I think, again, the, the slow bit will be going up over this mountain uh, and then down again and then back into the, the straight again, all the lower lower parts again, so I'll see how we go. Uh, be interesting to see what we do time-wise, um, but I think uh, 13 kilometres yesterday in roughly three and a half hours. I think uh, tomorrow or today is going to be a lot different. I think it'll be a, a slower going and it'll take me longer. But you know, I've started started at quarter past seven, which is good for me. I'd like to get away by 7.30. And uh, uh, yeah, I've got plenty of time. That's not an issue today to get to the, the campground just on the other side of the Louisa River. Talk to you later. It's 10.18. I've been going for just on three hours, and I've done 7.48 kilometres. Much lower pace than yesterday. Yesterday I was averaging about 4.6 kilometres an hour. But I've pretty much had, uh, for the last hour, a climb up 246 metres, which is not a big climb by any means, but it, it's a, a steep climb. And the track's pretty narrow, you know, for, for people with size 15 feet, it's hard to place the feet sometimes. And I'm still amazed that on, a, on an uphill trip like this, uh, there's still mud. So I'm at the high point just now. Uh, just There's a couple of uh, good level uh, bits of ground that are dry, so I'm sitting here. Uh, and then I'll head back down uh, towards the coastline, which is pretty much where I'm going for the rest of the day is it's down or on flattish sort of area i've got 10.1 kilometers still to go to the larisa river campsite uh on the other side of the river there's one each side but i'll camp on the other side uh and then i've got the iron iron rangers tomorrow uh which is the really steep one which is about four times the uh, altitude of what i'm doing here roughly at least anyway um, still a nice day, the weather's good, again not hot which is quite nice, I don't know what the temperature is but I think it's probably around about 14 degrees and it's, it's really pleasant to walk. Uh, it's, there's a light cloud, it doesn't look like there's anything that's going to bring any rain but again as I said you know, another 3-4 hours, see what happens. Okay I'll just have a little rest and I'll keep on going. It's 11.55, uh, it's lunchtime. Uh, I've just crossed Louisa Creek twice. So the uh, image in the guidebook that shows walkers crossing the creek, going down a little sort of set of wooden stairs and having a rope going across uh, was pretty much true of form. What I didn't realise, there was two creeks fairly close to each other. So we crossed one, uh, walked about approximately 700, 800 metres, and then there was another one. Uh, and this is where we're sitting having lunch at the other side. So far, it's been four hours and 39 minutes and done 11.3 kilometres. So uh, still got around about six kilometres left to go. And um, we've still got another crossing to go, which is the Louisa River. Definitely slow going. Uh, weather's held up, although it's starting to get a bit warmer now. Uh, so I don't know what the temperature is, but it feels a bit warmer. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what it is uh, when I can get, when I check later on today. Okay, lunchtime. Good afternoon. It's 4.24 on 
Saturday the 10th of December, and I'm here at Louisa River Campground. Now, there's actually two campgrounds at Louisa River, one on each side of the river, and I must admit, unless it's really busy, uh, it's a better option to camp on the uh, Ironbound Range uh, side rather than the other side, mainly because you don't want to do a, a river crossing and get wet feet first first thing in the morning. This walk today uh, took roughly around about um, eight hours, uh, and again, it was roughly about 18, a tiny bit over 18 kilometres, uh, and you know, really two kilometres an hour is probably what I was averaging, uh, mainly because it was uh, uh, ups and downs. Uh, the down pieces sometimes were quite steep, and the stairs were quite steep as well, so you were having to go down sideways on some of them um, just to... Uh, you know, there's just no option to go down uh, forward uh, because the stairs, or what you class as stairs, are so uh, narrow, they're designed to go sideways. So this morning I went over Red Point Hills, and that was around about 235 metres in, in, in uh, altitude. Um, not a big mountain by any means, or big hill by any means, but it just, um, again, this steep, uh, so it just took a while. Um, after we had lunch, uh, and again, lunch was after the second creek crossing uh, earlier on today, um, and again, I had probably half-hour lunch, which for me is a long time. Coming into Louisa River, um, it was a river rather than a creek, uh, wasn't overly deep. Uh, just looking at my wet pants, it's just below... Uh, knee level probably to high calf and um, there was a rope there and the rope was to provide you a bit of stability was the water was moving a bit fast once we got over to the campground set up the tent and that took me a little while because I was fiddling around I now need to go and get water and even though it's only roughly 4.30 it's going to be an early dinner Um, whereas last night it was dinner at 10.40 so tomorrow is probably the most difficult day of the whole trip and this is uh, climbing over the Iron Bound Range and uh, the altitude ascent is roughly 900 metres uh, and it's 900 metres and it's steep. This next stage which is from the Louisa River Campground to Little Deadman's Bay which is where I'll be camping tomorrow night 12.3 kilometres, again not a huge distance um, but I, one of the other hikers made the comment it's not the distance, it's, it's the time so to do the 12.3 kilometres tomorrow suggested 6 to 9 hours um, and I came across a hiker who was going the other direction than, than what we were and she was saying she crossed the Ironbound Ranges yesterday and the top of the uh, Ironbound Range was whited out. Uh, and she said that wasn't, wasn't particularly helpful when you're trying to get down and work out where you're going. It's going to be interesting tomorrow. I think it's going to be a phys- it definitely is going to be a physically de- very demanding sort of trip. Um, looking at the change in altitude it's probably similar to one of the local hikes i'm used to which is mount tenant Uh, again same sort of altitude change um, and fairly steep and lots of stairs so um, this is something i'm 
used to, but looking at the mountain as I, as I was coming into Louisa Campground uh, was, yeah, you, you think, okay, I can see where I'm going tomorrow, and it's, it's steep in some sections. First, first half of the mountain's not too bad. The last half, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a steep, almost a bit of a scramble across a grassy area. So see how it goes. Today the weather held out, no rain as yet, uh, so we can still got time to get that. Uh, but I'm set up and I'm ready to go and I will be going to bed much earlier today uh, than, uh, than I did last night. So I think pretty much I'll be in bed by, by 7 o'clock at the latest. Okay, I will talk to you tomorrow morning. All right, so we're here at the campground just below the Ironbound Ranges uh, at Louisa River. Um, and there's a, apart from myself, there's a, a group of eight people, nine people. So um, uh, as, as I was, wasn't sure what was going to happen before this trip, I was either going to see somebody or uh, nobody. Uh, and given the flights were all booked out, I thought I was going to see someone along the trail. And I actually came across somebody who was travelling the other direction yesterday. So you know, it's not as if you're going to be by yourself. So we've just got a couple of hikers we've, um, we're going to have a chat to. So I'll get them to introduce themselves and I'll talk to them about how they're finding the trip. Yeah, hi. Um, my name's Nigel, uh, age 51. So I'm actually leading this party of uh, nine people, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much yeah. We've started same time as you, Tim, and uh, probably looking to exit or finish the walk a little bit later than you. Um, we were going to stay at uh, Louisa Bay last night, but the weather's looking very promising for getting over the Ironbounds today, so we've we've uh, jumped ahead a little bit. Okay, and what made you decide to do this trip? Oh, this is this is one of those bucket list trips for me. Um, there's been a lot of talk prior to COVID about them putting huts along this track, so we really wanted to do it while it was pretty much a you know, a true wilderness hike. Okay, and you're in a group of nine. How did how did you work that out? Uh, we put out the call uh, about six months ago to see. Well, actually, uh, about twelve months ago to uh, to see who was interested, and um, the Grampians Peaks Trail opened up in December last year, so we decided to do that before this one. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of putting the word out, and uh, I'm involved with Scouts, so we've got a few rovers here, we've got a few venturers here, uh, and, a, and a couple of mates as well. Okay, how are you finding the track so far? It's a lot easier than what I expected, to be honest. Um, but I think that's probably the conditions. I mean, we had a little bit of rain on the first day. Yesterday was dry. Um, but, yeah, the, the track's fast, a lot faster than what I expected. And I think that's because of the work that was done a few years back with the the new boards, stuck boards, and that sort of thing that they've put in. Yeah, I can imagine if the board works weren't there, I can I can really you know get a get a wet day or two, and I can imagine what it would look like. Yeah, that that uh, section from Boy Creek up to uh, Red Point Hills yesterday, 
Um, without the boardwalks, that would be a, an extra two hours, I reckon, to try and trudge your way through that, uh, that, that, that mud. So the parks have done an excellent job in terms of putting in a, a little bit of infrastructure to create uh, a more sort of environmentally sensitive um, situation. Um, but yeah, if you've got tired legs, those duck boards, even though they're a little bit slippery at the moment, they're greatly appreciated rather than stepping into a, yeah, a knee-deep bog. All right, that's great. Thanks very much. Okay, so again, still at Louisa River Campground, and we've got our second person we're talking to, so I'll get them to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Tom, 17. All right, and you're part of the group of nine? Uh, yeah. All right, so you're doing this with your dad and with friends and other, and you're all, a number of you are scouts or inter-scouting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, why did you want to do this trip? Um, I haven't actually done a lot of hiking down in Tassie, so we did the overland a couple of years ago, but other than that, not really much, so it's definitely very different to Victoria, so I wanted to kind of get that experience, and especially coastal hiking, it's very, very different, it's quite quite wet, so it's been a lot of fun, you know, yeah. And, and what's been the highlight, it's only been a couple of days, but what's been the highlight so far? Oh, probably I think Louisa Bay was like very, very pretty, um... Yeah, going down there and just sort of like you basically go down this little cliff and then it's kind of this like wide open expanse of beach and there's cave systems and everything. It's just, I know, it's pretty pretty marvellous actually, yeah. And that was that was a, an off-trail section, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah, it was like an off-trail section that led to like a little campsite on the beach, which I think you're able to camp at as an option. But yeah, then, so yeah, we just did it as a sidewalk and then kept going straight through. And how long did it take you to get down and then back onto trail again? Um... So it's about 3Ks there and then 3Ks back. So it took us, I would say, probably about an hour because obviously we didn't, are not full pack, so it was a bit quicker than it would have otherwise been, yeah. All right, that's great. And what's, what's, been, the, what's been the low light so far of the trip? Um, the first climb was sort of quite, it was sort of deceptively hard. Like it's not, you don't, you don't feel like it's going to be super challenging, but then you're sort of halfway through and you're like, oh, this is a bit of a leg burner. I'm starting to kind of work, you know. So that was... It's been, it's actually been pretty good. So I guess it's kind of, it's a low light, but it's sort of, you know, in in the midst of a lot of highlights, I guess you could say. Yeah. All right. That's great. Okay. Well, 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 we'll see you during the daytime. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers. Good morning. It's Sunday, the 11th of December. I'm here at the Louisa River campground, which you may just be able to hear in the background. And I'm pretty much packed up. And getting ready to summit the Ironbound Ranges today. Uh, and this certainly will be the hardest day as far as ascents and descents. Um, took some photos yesterday, which don't really do this justice. It's just a, a steep 900 metre ascent and then a descent down on the other side. And as hard as the ascent's going to be, it looks reasonably clean. Whereas apparently down the other side it's pretty messy and muddy, so it's going to be a, a an interesting uh, day today. Recommendation is around about six to nine hours it's going to take, um, and then the plan is to camp at Deadman's Campground just on the other side. So it's about just a bit over twelve kilometres. So distance is not big, but again, it's one of those days where realistically, if I leave at sort of by seven o'clock, um, it's probably going to take. Um, till mid to late afternoon to get in. Um, weather's looking okay. 
a um, bit more cloud today. I can still see a bit of blue sky, but it's pretty much been covered. And I think there is forecast for showers today. So um, hopefully we have to get over the worst of it before uh, things start coming through. Had a bit of a fitful sleep last night, mainly because I was in bed by about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Uh, I was never going to sleep that long. Uh, but I did manage to sleep through what I think was a bush rat stealing stuff from outside the tent. So I left my stove standing up with some water in it, which got knocked over. I had my rubbish bag taken a couple of metres away, which I managed to retrieve and been eaten. What it, what this little creature did was steal my spoon. Um, I should know better because bush rats seem to like the taste or the texture of that plasticky material. So spoon's gone, and thankfully the uh, the group that was here had a spare, and they've they've uh, provided me one with one to use, which I'm really appreciative of. So yeah, I will. Just finish my last little bit of packing and probably head off in the next 10 minutes or so. It's 8.08. I have been travelling for an hour and 32 minutes and I've done 1.94 kilometres. So yeah, it's slow going. Um, When you look at the the Ironbound Ranges, you can see there's a, 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 a shoulder and then you then head on on towards the main peak itself. And I'm just up at the top of the shoulder at the moment, uh, making my way along that, and I can now see the trail up to the next ridge and then up to the summit itself. So it's a logical sort of uh, route, uh, but it is slow going. Um, And again, the stairs, some of them are pretty steep. Having a bit of extra height helps. Um, But yeah, it's it's not a fast track going up and down. So even though it's 12 kilometres for the day, it's normally recommended somewhere up to about um, six to nine hours in travelling, which I can understand. Views are spectacular. They really are. Looking down towards towards Louisa Bay, where some of the other group went to yesterday, Uh, it looks like a spectacular little bay. Uh, and the you know the, the ocean's pretty flat. There's just some surf rolling in right at the uh, right at the beach, uh, but otherwise the ocean is is dead flat pretty much. Um, blue sky, bit of light cloud, so it's not stinging sort of sun, but the sun has been coming and going. Uh, and as I said, there was forecast for showers at some stage today, but hopefully that'll be towards the end of it uh, when I'm just about down the other side of this mountain. But yeah, I think uh, views-wise, this is pretty spectacular. Okay, talk to you later. It's 10.04. Pretty much come up to the, uh, I'd say almost the high point of the Ironbound Ranges, at least the section we're crossing anyway. Um, All I can think of was this is a bit like a cartoon. You sort of think, okay, or I'm at the summit, and you get there, and then you realise you're still going up after that, the summit that's the real summit that's hidden behind so at the moment we've uh, we're crossing over behind the range we have crossed up and over we're going along just below the summit and we're walking along and probably about another 100 meters looks like we go over this next ridge Uh, and I don't know if we're walking along but we should be starting to head down but I'll see how we go one thing I didn't mention in the earlier post from today, uh, with uh, my spoon getting stolen, I realised once I put my gear on that the magnet off my water bladder hose had also gone. Uh, God knows why. 
Uh, I'm guessing it's a bush rat decided it was attractive and decided to take that as well. Uh, but it would have had to work for that to get it off the, uh, off the hose. So you know, interesting to see why they collect these things. Um, steady climb up. Um, yeah, just lots of breaks. I mean, I'm, we've been going for, well, I've been going for um, three hours 30 and done 3.78 kilometres. Uh, so it's um, uh, very slow going, roughly just a bit over a kilometre per hour. Uh, it's got a hiker going past. Um, I must admit, you'll hear me say we a lot in these podcasts, and it's only because I'm uh, travelling with another group, a group of nine, uh, who we, we talked to uh, earlier on. Uh, and we just seem to be paralleling. We're staying at the same campsite last night, uh, night before, and we're staying at the same campsite tonight. I think after tonight, uh, they're, they've wanted to get over the ironbound ranges to avoid the really bad weather. Uh, and um, I, they're going to sort of crack it a bit more cruisy and do a bit more of the touristy stuff. They might stay in at one of the bays and just have a day's relax, whereas I'll just keep on going. So after, from pretty much tomorrow onwards, I'll be on my own, I'm guessing. Although there are, there is another two hikers who we haven't talked to, but they've stayed at the campsite. They were, they were the first night, they were already there when we got there. Second night, they came in later and camped on the camp by themselves. And I'm guessing we'll see them tonight as well. As I'm sitting here, I'm almost tempted to put the pack cover on and put my rain jacket on. I'm starting to get a slight bit of drizzle, not much, but there's a big storm or a big rain front coming in from the mountains behind us, and it looks like it's moving our direction. So if I look to my right, it's cloudy, but it's sort of uh, this sun peeking through the clouds, whereas the left, uh, there's, you can actually see a rain front. So it'll be interesting to see whether it steers by or hits us but I'll probably put the rain jacket and rain cover on just in case okay I will keep on going it's 11.27 up on the highest point at least that we walk over on the ironbound ranges 910 metres just having a little short break before pretty much going down very much all the way so there's a couple of short plateaus but otherwise it's just pretty much a straight descent down so it'll be interesting to see what that's like weather's pretty good uh, I thought it was going to rain and put the jack- rain jacket on and the pack cover but it just didn't come through so I ended up stopping and taking the, the jacket off because I was getting a bit hot uh, looking down over the bay in the ocean at the moment very calm very still um, and I think you know, weather wise I think we've done really well uh, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to walk up that in torrential rain or in 38 degrees. It's 8.47 on Sunday the 11th of December. I'm here in my tent at Little Deadman's Bay. Today we left Louisa River campsite uh, and climbed or ascended the Ironbound Range. Um, All up at this trip was supposed to be roughly 12.3 kilometres. It ended up being more than that. Um, and it was supposed to take somewhere between six and nine hours. Conditions were reasonably good today. It took me 11 and a half hours all up. Um, and I think going up was fine. It was a, a set of stairs. It was steep, but it was okay. 
coming down on the other side um, was quite difficult uh, and quite slow just so you didn't basically injure yourself not coming the way down so you just had to be really careful about where you put your feet in some instances I was walking down creek bed um, but it was very muddy uh, and very steep with lots of uh, fallen trees so it just took a long time um, it's a bit funny, so I mean, I, I still have a few more days to go on this trip, but so far the highlight is coming up the ironbound ranges and getting the views. The low light is the descent of the ironbound ranges. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, a bit funny in that respect. Um, but yeah, the, the photos and the, and the images uh, and the views are just spectacular. They really are. And I think, in all honesty, it'll end up being the image for the trip right up. Tomorrow I'll be heading, or planning on heading to Surprise Bay, which is roughly 20 kilometres. I'll see how I go. I may not get that far. But given the conditions are nowhere near what they were today, um, it'll be a long day still. But, um, again, I'm just trying to make sure that I meet my bus on the 14th of December. Uh, I've basically got three more days averaging 15 kilometres per day so if I can do a long day on one of the days it just makes the other two days pretty easy it means I'm not having to, to rush to get to where I'm supposed to be going alright uh, I think that's probably me I am buggered uh, and I'm going to head off to bed bye for now Now I'll talk about in more detail after episode 241 has been published about all the things that I learned on this trail. But just up front, the iron bounds did end up being my highlight and my low light of this uh, whole trip. And there was, uh, there was a lack of photos from the descent on the iron bounds and also a lack of recordings, and there's a very good reason for that because I pretty much spent a number of hours walking down what amounted to a creek bed, a flowing creek bed, uh, trying to go up, over, and around tree falls and mudslides and steps. It was a hard uh, slog down, it really was. But we'll talk about that more in detail in episode 242. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's all for me. Bye for now.